Well, first off, thank you for having me and, um, you know, for giving me a platform to speak and share my, my, uh, my story and my experiences. Um, yes, I was born in India um, and two days late, I do not know anything about uh, my birth parents. I just know they were not married. And um, I supposedly was born in a hospital, um, but two days later after I was born, I was put into an orphanage. Um, I was in an orphanage for a good year, and then I was adopted to American parents, and I was brought over to the U.S., and I grew up in Ohio in a very small town that's not even on the map, and yeah, I was brought up by Caucasian parents in an all-white town, all-white family. My goodness, like I haven't actually met a South Asian person that was adopted. It's, it's, it reminds me of the film Lion, because I, I watched that. Yes. And um. I watched it because I was like, wow, like I've never even heard, or, to be honest, even here, I haven't actually seen it. Or maybe I know someone, I don't actually know that they're adopted. But um, it's really interesting to hear that journey because one, firstly, we have obviously the taboo of being in, um, in India and not being married and having a child. Right. So, you know, so you've got that. But also the journey that your adopted parents took as two white people just wanting to be parents and therefore I mean why they decided to go to India as well to adopt a child um maybe it was to do with the fact that the process were maybe easier I don't know because I know it's very well, hard to adopt. I, I do want to just touch on that actually so my parents were friends with another best friends with another couple that um they too were not able to have kids um and so they did adopt locally um, and they adopted a white Caucasian kid, um, but they decided to, you know, adopt interracial, um, not interracially, sorry, adopt internationally. And um, yeah, so my mom and dad's best friends did that as well. And my parents also had the same situation um, with having kids. Um, so they too adopted, um, you know, a, a child locally and then also adopted inter um, internationally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, they kind of, I, I don't, it obviously wasn't like they grew up and we're going to adopt kids, but it's just yeah. something that it's just how it happened. Um, and, um, you know, I know that, uh, I mean, I would love to have my mom on and dad on here sometime, especially my mom. Um, she's very open about it and adoption and, mm -hmm. um, what that process was like for them. I mean, you should definitely do like Instagram lives and stuff like that on it. That would be really interesting. Right. Yes. Um, one of my friends, um, she did uh, recently as well. Um, she did a radio session with her mom about her eating disorder. And well, that was quite emotional for her. But to actually hear her mom speaking about, right. how, you know, how she was so worried about her daughter. I mean, that, that would be wonderful to actually. Right. I mean your your parents as well let's let's touch upon that like they must have gone through some some judgment shall we say and some oh gosh and maybe family I mean oh man I mean absolutely and you know I have to give a lot of credit to my parents because again like I said I was brought up in all white town an all white family and unfortunately with that comes a lot of racism and ignorance and I know uh, just having deep conversations with my mom and my mom and dad. I keep saying my mom just because we're like best friends, not that I'm not close to my dad, but you know, my mom and I have this mother daughter, uh, deep, deep conversations. Um, but you know, my parents 
went through, like you said, a lot of judgment, a lot of ignorant comments before I even was here. And, um, you know, I've touched base and talked about this before on a lot of other platforms, my own platform as well. Um, but just the fact that my skin color was being talked about before I was even adopted. Um, so, you know, comments from family members, aunts, uncles, extended family, where comments were being made to my parents, like, you know, okay, so you're gonna adopt um, internationally. What is she gonna look like? How dark is she gonna be? Um, what if only black men date her? Um, just very, very like, um, just microaggression and ignorant racist comments were made toward my parents. And here they just want a child, you know? Um, and unfortunately, though, too, that which we'll talk more into that, but also kind of put me then in this environment yeah. um, that was not really the greatest, a very toxic and racist environment where I kind of had to fend for myself and learn. Um, I, I mean, and just really go through that. I really went through the, uh, you know, just adversity and um, struggles and obstacles to get to be here and be able to sit here and be proud of my skin color and, and just speaking out on racism. Um, it has, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> Let's just say that. Was. And it, and it resonates because that, that part I, I totally resonate with. And I understand, you know, having to fend for yourself because, you know, in school, you know, it, it was a very a regular occurrence for every day, me getting a racist comment or these biases. Right. Some people actually not, I'd say not realizing being racist, but like just saying right. that, you know, Sharon, you're the only packy we like. It's like <laughs> that's a really racist word here. I don't know if you've heard it over there, but you know it, it, that you know. And I was actually quite proud of that. I was actually, especially younger. I'm, I'm, I'm an eighties child, so when mm -hmm. at school, when people said that to me, there was part of me that was quite happy about it because I was I was liked. Um, but obviously, now that I'm older and I look back, it was completely racist and very inappropriate. Um, right. But at the time, it was survival mode. So if right, if, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And that's how I how I grew up. Um, I just want to touch upon really quickly. It's in my head, um, because obviously you going through that experience. Um, I mean, I had a, an Asian family, but you didn't. And right. So your family, your parents, obviously not knowing how to deal with it because it's something that they've never had to deal with. Absolutely. They don't have that emotional connection of, of hurt that you, what you did. Like how, how did you work together on that? Um, you know, that was the hardest thing was I'm growing up with white parents that, like you said, they're not going to experience this. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not experiencing this ignorance. They're never going to experience racism. Um, so on this level. So um, I had to learn on my own. And unfortunately, I didn't, wasn't really learning and really educated on it until I got older and I got out of my hometown and I went to college, which I went to college in Boston. Um, so I, um, you, you know, I would come up, you know, let me also uh, go back here for a second. Like I said, being brought up in an all-white town and all-white family. Unfortunately, I was, even though I am South Asian Indian, I'm being brought up in America. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are not educated. So they just see the color of my skin and they perceive, I was being perceived as black here. Yeah. That's um, so I got called the N-word. I got called um, also a towel head. And, oh, I mean, all the racial slurs yeah. because it was like, I mean, it was, I, I, again, I was just being perceived as black or in just 
a, a plethora of people of color, uh, a person of color, you know? Um, so that was um, hard to, because uh, not only was I getting the South Asian like childhood stuff, I was also being portrayed and perceived as black as well. Um, you know, I would definitely come home and be upset about it. Um, I, on and off like the soccer court or basketball court, you know, growing up and things like that. Um, you know, I was called these names, but you know, the only thing that my mom could do is just encourage me and try to lift me up and just be like, you know, you're beautiful and this and that. But again, it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't get, I don't know what the right word is, but I just couldn't get what I needed because again, I had white parents. I didn't have parents that were people of color, um, black or a person of color, um, you know, that already that's gone through it. They could really get me through this. So unfortunately I struggled with that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, I'm, I, I've now that I'm older, I'm actually in therapy to kind of help me, uh, I guess, heal the younger Trishna, if that's the right way to say it. Um, you know, there's a lot of healing I, I know that I need because I have a lot of anger. And a lot of the anger is, um, unfortunately, and I know this may not, um, people may not understand this, but there is a part of me that's a little upset with my parents, even though I know I'm blessed and I'm, you know, so thankful that they adopted, uh, they adopted me and gave me this life because I wouldn't, you know, have these opportunities. I wouldn't be sitting here with you getting to talk about this stuff, but, um, there's a part of me that's a little resentful being put in that situation in a toxic, uh, racist environment and kind of having to just go through that. There's a part of younger Trishna that's a little mad, but then there's also a younger Trishna that's mad at myself for not speaking up enough. Um, I think like when things would happen, certain situations when I was younger, uh, that happened, I just get embarrassed and I wouldn't speak up. Um, you know, I kind of stayed quiet, uh, cause again, no one else, none of my other friends were going through this, you know, they weren't going through these, uh, racial experiences or being called names because of the color of the skin. They weren't being told they couldn't be date. They couldn't go, um, be dated because of the color of their skin. Um, so I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it and kind of relate. So I just kind of kept it in and let things go. I didn't really always speak up for myself. Now, there were a couple of times I definitely did. I remember going off on a girl in the cafeteria for calling me the N-word. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of trauma. And I, I know now the younger Trishna is starting to heal and I'm working on that. Right, that's, that's fantastic. Trishna, you know, you're, you're totally not alone, even with women that have South Asian. I mean, you, you did go through more, but there are, you know, um, women out there, South Asian um, parents that are still mad at their parents as well because of not having that protection, right. having to go out there in the big wide world and not understanding that, you know, we should actually appreciate the fact that we've got a white friend or actually, um, you know, feel um, privileged that we have a white boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? It's it, you know, there's, right. there's those sort of kinds of traumas as well. But also, I think you know, when you say about is a little Trishna, I think there's a little Sharon as well. There's an eight-year-old Sharon. That's how I was. Like, there's an eight-year-old Sharon that I I just wish, you know, when you think like, what would I do? What would I say to my younger self? I would just give her a hug. Would yeah. You, I would just. I would just give my eight. No, I'm kind of like tearing up right I know. now. <laughs> well, when you said it about like healing and stuff, I just thought, right? You know, like um, I think every South Asian girl, you know, should be going through some sort of counselling because just the experience of racism and feeling, you know, you know, like when I try, when I 
started talking to my white friends and they were saying, you know, we, they understand and sympathize. Obviously they, they can't. And, and the way, I, because obviously the, the Black Lives Matter movement was huge right. here. Like that really, really catapulted some conversations here. Some conversation that got really serious. Um, and I remember talking to my partner and I was saying, you'll never know how it feels. And so he goes, well, I do because I'm a skinhead, he'd say. And I used to be, I used to walk down the road and someone would shout something at me and start a fight with me. I was like, hold, hold on a second. I was like, that would have been maybe once or twice, but to be worried every single time you leave- Just to walk outside every single day knowing, could, am I next? No, yeah, I could die because of the color of my skin. Yeah, yeah. You know? And yep. um, yeah, so I, I I do. I, 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 my eight-year-old self. I wish I could hug her and say it, it is going to be okay. You just do have to go into survival. Because, did you not find you're constantly in survival mode? Listen, you know what? That's one of the biggest. <laughs> uh, and you're constantly fighting, yeah, for yourself and for your people and for Black and Brown people. Yeah. And that's actually one of the. Um, I have I have a lot of great Black and Brown friends and, and white friends as well that we have these deep political um, conversations. And actually, that was one thing one of my friends said. Uh, one of my uh, my Black friends actually said to me, he was like, "You have been surviving and fighting since the day you got here." And I was like, "Man," and he's like, "And, and whether you knew it or not." You were, you've been surviving and fighting since the day you got here and um, the day that you, you, you know, you were born the day that you came to America, you've been surviving and fighting. And um, that like really like clicked in. I'm like, oh my God, like, as, that he's right. He's, he's, he's right. So yeah, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. what you just said. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, you know, and it's, and it's nice. And this is why I do this because I think everyone should be in therapy. Everyone should be talking about the, the racism they have been subjected to and um and also the people around us because I've got friends and you've got friends you've got white friends mm -hmm. um, but even when I was younger the amount of comments that they made and I, I think they knew they were being inappropriate I'm not sure if it's racist that they thought but it was totally racist and again right. it was sort of, when you say you were you were battling with everyone I feel like I was even battling with the people I loved. Right. And, you know, and again, just going back to being adopted in an all white family, um, you know, I was in a family that kind of, you know, made fun of my culture. And for me being younger, you know, I kind of just added to that, you know, I added to the fun jokes and making fun of myself yeah. or, you know, my, our culture or my skin color, because then I was laughing with, then I would laugh with everyone. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. And, um, you, you know, I, I had many converse, you know, um, ignorant comments from my family members, like, especially when I got my nose pierced, like that's a huge Indian, yeah. um, you know, tradition to do. And I got that around when I was 18 and, um, you know, I have family members like ask my parents, well, why does she have to get that? She's, she's, uh, she's American. She's not Indian. That's what, that's what my family yeah. members are saying to my parents. I'm like, no, I am American, but, but understand our definition of America and American is different. You know, they think American 
America means white. You know, um, the definition for me for America in American is diverse and a diverse group of people of cultures and religions. Um, so yes, I am American, but I am South Asian Indian. And I, even though I'm being brought up by white parents, Caucasian parents, I still love being um, a part of my culture and which is from India. And I love to still be a part of the traditions and learning about it. So um, that definitely made uh, a lot of my family members uncomfortable, which is, yeah. you know, insane to think, but you know, it's really not, you I know. Mean, we're talking about identity now, aren't we? I mean, from you being Indian and obviously knowing straight away from the, from the moment that you stepped foot as a baby in your mother and father's house, that you were different. Um, but also the fact that you had an identity and I mean, did they talk much about your identity? Like, you know, I mean, it sounds like you're a bit conflicted, you know, when you were younger, there must've been a confliction there on what, who you actually were, because obviously you have a heritage, which is Indian. Um, right. So I'm just wondering kind of how you learn to sort of love Trishna. Um, I have to say one thing though, my even, and I'm talking about, when I talk about family members, like I said, it's more extended aunts and uncles that didn't understand that. But, you know, my mom and dad were amazing. My mom never, and dad never tried to whitewash anything or say you're American now, so wear American clothes or, any, or Westernized clothes. You know, my mom put me in and bought me the Indian bangles and bought me the Indian saris when I was younger and dressed me up in them. Um, you know, so, um, and I, in fact, I remember uh, specifically a time uh, my mom had found out there was like some Indian choir, like kids choir coming in our, coming to our area. And again, I'm from a small town, so there's not much around where we are. Um, there's not a lot of culture, but my mom heard about this, um, that choir, the Indian choir coming, and it was about a good hour and a half away, but my mom got, got us tickets and I got to go and mm. again, you know, was part of my culture and my, the country that I came from and that I was born, um, that I was born in. And, um, you know, so I have to say, I still stayed in connect and, you know, connection, um, with with being from India because of, mm -hmm. I have to say, because of my parents, like, you know, that was something they never, you know, tried to get rid of or, you know, mm -hmm. say, no, you're American now, you need to do this. Um, you know, they they definitely loved the fact that, you know, I, you know, loved the Indian clothes and I wanted to know about my culture and, and my parents, you know, did the best that they could to still keep me in that. Yeah, I, I mean, like the way, maybe I, I did the question wrong, but in terms of identity, I mean, like I definitely had an identity crisis when I was younger because there was part of me that was British, but there was also part of me that was Indian. And that always, that always became quite conflicted because obviously my, my parents came from India. So, and they weren't born here. So I'm first generation. So that meant they came with their Indian values and they kept their Indian values because that's where they were born. That's where they were from. Unfortunately for me, I had to learn, I was, I was sent to a British school, um, predominantly white actually. Um, obviously I'm, I'm, I have to be a part of this British, British culture, going to work, right. study. So I felt like there was part of, part of me that was a bit like an actor getting into character. There was part of me that had to get into character for this group and there was part of me had to get into character for this group um, right. to feel accepted, you know, to, to feel part of something. And that's where my my confliction was, and I was just 
wondering for you, was your identity, you know, did you feel conflicted because you knew you were different, yet everyone around you was the same? And it was just trying oh, to- Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, again, being young and being brought up in that, I, again, did wasn't truly educated on myself, on the things that I was going through. So if I did feel a certain way during a certain time around a certain group of friends, I didn't understand what that feeling was. Yeah. I didn't understand why I was feeling that because again, I didn't have, um, you know, parents that, you know, were that went through this as well. So I, again, um, you know, it's taken me a long time to go through my whole childhood and understand why I felt that way, why I did that. Um, but yeah, I def there was definitely times that, you know, um, it, it was hard to understand where you fit in. And what are we doing? Um, and again, I don't know a lot of South Asian Indians that have been that are perceived as black. Um, I have not actually really found a South Asian Indian yet, so that um, has gone through kind of like the same uh, experience that I have. So it's like I'm not black, but I'm being perceived as black. I'm South Asian Indian, but I'm in this all white community. Uh, so yeah, it, it's kind of- um, Did you ever think- Say that again? Did you ever think, am I black then? Like if everyone's- <laughs> I never, no, because again, I know um, at the time, no, I didn't know fully the education wise of everything, but um, I, I don't really know what I felt. I think I just kind of felt like I was being lumped in with, you know, in this black box, um, yeah. you I know, think, unfortunately. And uh, yeah. I think as well, like, um, that's one of the things that I, I felt hard. I, I felt growing up as well. I never knew the words for things. I just had that, you know, that feeling of unease and that feeling of danger and that feeling of, right I, like what's that called again I, I don't know what that is but again this is something that probably survival <laughs> maybe survival but I, you know that feeling where you know something is wrong like so, you know um have you ever had like a radar where you walk down a road and right with the boys it's your intuition yeah something's yeah. wrong something's not right um but you you have you have because of your experience and your gut feeling you know that group of boys, something's going to happen. There's going to be a comment. There's going to be a shout. There's right. going to be something. And that feeling when I had growing up as a as an eight-year-old, um, because where I lived, it was it was quite a racist area um, mm. where I was. Mm -hmm. And again, like I had this feeling, this this constant feel, uh, the feeling of unease. And I knew when danger was coming. <laughs> Do you mm. know what I mean? I don't know if you felt right. like that. As, as a child going through like the traumas that you have done about people right. against you and stuff. I just want to add to that. Um, I remember specifically this one time, my mom and I and my brother went out to eat. And again, my brother is white. He's Caucasian. Again, he was adopted locally. Okay. Um, it was the three of us out and we went out to eat. And I remember um, I had, again, I was little, I, I think I had said, we were at the booth at the table eating and I had said something like mom, blah, 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 blah. And this guy that was sitting um, like a table over, overheard me calling this white woman, my mom. And he made a comment and actually came up to my mom and said, she shouldn't be calling you mom. Like <gasps> that's not your daughter. No. Yes. And I, and again, I was really young. 
I don't understand racism at this point in time. Um, I just knew, like what you said, there's something wrong. There's something going on. Someone doesn't like me. Um, and again, it starts to form that, you know, you're less, that you're an issue and that you're less. And that has been, oh my gosh, like it's from little to even now, um, that feeling of just you're less, we're less, you know? Yeah. You you know what, is that, is that when you say less, it's like, it's like that animal in a cage sort of feeling right you know when you're going into a zoo and you see like an animal in a cage like you know that, that I don't know like that feeling of like that that feeling of caged being closed being being set apart being separate mm-hmm. from everyone else that all, all you want to do is just be accepted and and just yeah just be accepted just be right just be left alone <laughs> as well mm-hmm. you know right Right. So what do you think, like, going through the traumas that you have done? Oh, what, this is a question. What do you think the worst thing you did, you know, not knowingly, but you did as a South Asian woman trying to fit in? What's, what's one of the worst things you can think about that you did? Um... I, I would say the probably the worst thing that I did um, growing up would have to be, I do remember one, there's two things. Um, one, making fun of my culture to please other people, make fun of my skin color or who I am to fit in. Um, and two, I remember one time actually praying to God and wishing that I was white. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really um, the little Trish. I'm mad at the little Trishna for ever, you know, hating the skin color because, um, you know, this is what we have. And this melanin is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, I would say uh, the majority, the mass of the people would love, it would kill to have this skin color. Um, and here I am, you know, asking God, like, I wish I was white because then everything would be so much easier. Then men would date me more, you know? Um, you know, there's a part of me that's just like really sad for my younger self that I went through that. However, um, I'm also, as much as it, it's been hard, and like you said, we've been surviving and fighting, um, you know, since day one, I'm also the person I am and the woman I am because I went through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, we can now be a voice for other little, uh, you know, little kids, um, you know, black or brown that are going through this as well. And um, we can, you know, encourage them, inspire them that, you know, it gets better. Mm-hmm. You know, we can um, give them, you know, people like us to look up to. Cause again, we didn't have that um, mm-hmm. growing up. We didn't have representation. I know you and I talked about that before, um, which is one of the biggest things that kind of went viral for me is a post that I talked about representation, which I'm sure we can now, you know, snowball into this, this yeah. topic, but yeah. you know, we didn't have representation. We, I mean, especially for, for, um, for America and stuff like that. When I grew up, there was no South Asian Indians on, you know, on the TV or in magazines. And if there was anything close to it, it was Princess Jasmine, you know, which is a Disney character. A very light-skinned character. <laughs> and again, not technically South Asian Indian, you know. Yeah, um, right. Arab, so yeah. 
it's like, you know, growing up for me, I only really had black women to look up to. And I say this all the time when I talk about this, but you know, I give black women so much credit and I thank them for giving me, um, you know, someone to look up to and to aspire to and to um, embrace the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, I didn't have, you know, there wasn't any, unfortunately, uh, South Asian Indians, um, you know. You know what I found um, when I did find, well, through my life where I was trying to find my tribe, that's why I call it, I'm trying to find my tribe. It's taken me a long time. one of the hardest things that I, I, when it comes to representation is when I did meet a South Asian, say girl, woman, their values were different to me. And that's, that's another, that's how another thing I felt so different because here I am with another South Asian girl and she's very much, you know, with the traditional kind of, you know, what are you wearing? It's like it's it's just arms. Right. There's just there's just arms. It's just a right. t-shirt, right? You know, but no, why are you wearing that? And it's like again, that that was another thing. So that was another sort of level of conflict I had. That although we didn't have the representation, but right. there was no one out there like me. And uh, that's that's one of the things that I, I found quite difficult. I don't know if you, how if you, some of these South Asian women that you did find and you did sort of start meeting if you had any of that sort of conflict as well where you know you just you were just trying to find another Trishna out there yeah and I mean I have some other friends that are adopted as well growing up they were they're Indian but again like we didn't really have the same even like the racial experiences or anything like that but like another adopted um Indian girl that I know um you know she grew up in diversity not saying that she never experienced racism at all but it wasn't on the level of even her family members were saying things um you know so like you said it's kind of hard sometimes to even connect with some of our own because again it's so different um and you know and that's okay too you know we all you and I, you know, are in two different countries, um, you know, different environments and everything like that. And we have different stories and different experiences. Um, And that's, you know, that's okay too. But um, yeah, it it was definitely hard. And I want to say one of the biggest things that um, happened recently, and I'll go back to the viral post that I wrote, which I think is how you found me, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Beautiful. Um, Absolutely. I just thought, I suddenly looked at it. I was like, oh my God, yes, that's. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, a lot of things have happened recently in um, the last like year to two years, um, especially with colorism. And um, one of the biggest things I just got, I got married. um, Oh my gosh. It's been like a month and a half now. I have to think because everything's going so quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I married a, a white man, a Caucasian white man, and we just got married. And um, we did do the South Asian Indian wedding. It wasn't the whole seven day long thing, but you know, we wore the traditional, um, I wore the langa, the red langa, um, and he wore the shawani. And um, through the whole process, we definitely went through some things. And um, I want to say one of the biggest things that really, that's what made me write the post was um, I was getting my uh, Indian uh, Langa fitted and the woman that was doing it was, you know, fitting me and stuff like that. She's like, oh, so you're Indian. And I'm like, yes, I'm Indian from India. She's like, man, you're you're like really dark for to be Indian. And I found that very interesting. And uh, again, a lot of comments through the years, like, 
wow, you're Indian because you're really dark. I thought I would actually think that you're black or black mixed with something. And I feel like we just for South Asian Indians, um, we don't really represent and put in the media and in TV shows, darker skinned South Asian Indians. So the mass people think that a lot of the Indians are more lighter skinned, um, you know, which is, you know, in our country is considered more beautiful, more better, you know, they market better. Um, they're more beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But and they are, but, you know, India is such a uh, Indian community, but India is such a big, um, diverse uh, shades of brown. And I feel like we only, you know, put in these light skinned Indians and we don't represent and put these um, darker skinned Indians in there. So then when people see me, they're like, oh, you must not be Indian. You're not, you're too dark to be Indian, you know? I just kind of think as well, that woman, that woman that um, <laughs> was measuring you. Right. knows what it's like, you know, I, I be that every single person of color on in this world knows what it's like to be discriminated against. And the fact that she said that comment without even thinking, just shows right. the internal racism that we're dealing with. Um, right, the colorism. You, yeah, exactly. You know, like, okay, she said that. And I, I, I believe she felt she could say that because she's not racist, she's Indian as well, right? How could she be racist? She actually was Middle Eastern. Um, I really wish she. Yeah, she was Middle Eastern, but, uh, but still it's like, uh, yeah, like, you know, it's yeah. again like you know she she would have probably been accustomed to some sort of discrimination that she has faced like right I, I don't you know so there's that in sort of like sorry internal kind of again conflict that we have to right. you know deal with on a daily basis um something I wouldn't really want to touch upon was obviously you're in an interracial relationship Right. And congratulations on your marriage. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, so tell me about some of the conflicts that come with being in an interracial marriage or relationship. Right. Um, so, yeah, I met my husband um, at the time. Again, my boyfriend, uh, I was 18, 19 years old. We both met in college. Mm -hmm. um, we both went to college at Berkeley College of Music. We're both musicians, um, singers, actors. And um, yeah, I have to say it's been, um, I think, very eye opening for him. Again, being a white man, he doesn't experience um, you know, he's never going to experience racism. He doesn't really experience racism. Um, so to date me and get the comments of, you know, um, just that we shouldn't be together. Or, you know, I think one a comment was made to him, well, how dark is she? Um, you know, so there's definitely been those comments, but let me also go actually towards more the fact of um, me dating a white man. Um, for me, I've gotten a lot of comments and discrimination, uh, discriminatory, there we go, yeah. comments. <laughs> um, it's like, I, gotta, I know that word. Words up. Um, we, know, we know, it's good. You know, I, I've gotten a lot of hate for the fact that, oh, well, you speak on racism, you speak on colorism, but you're dating a white man. And it's like, yes, I am a, uh, a huge advocate for racism, um, talk, and speaking up for racism and colorism and discrimination, uh, discrimination, but, you know, I can still date a white man um, and that's okay. I don't have to date a black or a brown man to be able to speak on these things. I have my own experiences, um, you know, and I have to say my, uh, I was about to say fiance, but he's not my fiance anymore. My husband is so 
open to being educated and um, fighting for us and understanding. Again, he knows he's never going to experience these things. Um, in fact, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I actually called him because I had two, uh, a police car kind of, I, I could definitely tell they were, you know, uh, following me. And it made me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, I know I'm not doing anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. So I called him just to say, stay on the line. You know, I don't know, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not speeding or anything, but I just like, they're really close and I feel like they're running up my plates and stuff. So just stay on the line. Um, again, the feeling like said, of that feeling again, isn't it, of danger, something's right. not right. There's a feeling, that survival feeling that, you know. Yes. And he said, he's like, I absolutely hated that call that I got, but he's like, I'm sure it was a thousand times worse for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he is, he's, you know, he is doing everything that he can to understand as much as he can to be able to speak up for us as well. Uh, we do need white allies. Um, and he's definitely not silent. Um, you know, last, uh, you know, last year for America, it was the, it was, it was rough, you know, not, not just because of COVID, but the huge, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, movement. And, um, you know, him and I were both out there every, you know, almost week after week um, protesting and, you know, doing everything that we can to, uh, you know, raise our voices for, um, for Black Lives Matter. And, um, you know, I obviously would not be with anybody that doesn't understand or respect us Mm. as black or people of color but also um understand me and uh willing to listen and educate themselves you know so there's never been a conflict where he might have said a comment inappropriately and you've had to educate him and say look you know nothing really extreme um there might have been a couple times where he was like um oh this is such a great i um i'm trying to think of something recently um you know i think that uh let me think, give me a second here. Cause it was, um, oh, let me give you an example. Um, I, uh, America just made uh, Juneteenth uh, a national holiday here. Um, and, uh, you know, he posted about how great this is and a great win for, for black people. Um, yes, it's a great win for black people, but at the same time, you know, there's so much more things that need to be done for black people and social injustices before Juneteenth becomes a holiday. Yes, it's great, um, you know, but uh, it's it's there's still so much more that needed to be done before we got a holiday that isn't even really allowed to be um, celebrated or taught in like a bunch of states here. So, um, and he was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I, I guess I get that, I get that. So there's some things where, I mean, um, I just, I'm trying to think of uh, a time where I felt like he said something out of line, but I have to say for the most part, he knows when to sit and listen. Um, he knows when it's time to speak up. And, um, you know, I think that for the most part, he does, uh, he does very well. <laughs> and, and has there been any sort of situations where a family member has said something very inappropriate or his family or your family, and he has, as you say, oh. stayed silent. Oh no, 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 no! He absolutely is. He gives me my turn to do what speak first, but then he's like, "Okay, can I speak?" Because he's like, I'm, "I'm, this isn't acceptable." Um, I think even recently, the other day, yesterday, actually, on um, 
social media, uh, something was said. And I, you know, I said what I needed to say. And he came on as like my husband and was like, here's the thing, I'm a white man. And so now I'm gonna educate as well um, because um, he's like, we need to hold our race accountable. And um, I'm, I'm gonna speak up and, and, and let our race, my race know, which his race, the Caucasian race that, you know, this, you know, this isn't okay. This is not acceptable. So no, he definitely speaks up. <laughs> he definitely doesn't. Um, he's not one to sit sit back and uh, you know allow things to happen. Absolutely not. No, no. So um, something I did want to touch upon as well, very quickly, was you were saying you have an adopted brother as well who is white. Right. So has he also been in situations where he's also had to sort of not not stay silent and also fought your corner as a, as a brother, but also as someone who is white. As, and as your husband says, you know, we need to keep our race accountable. Has there been right. for you to have gone out and stuff? And You know, I think it's, it's very, uh, um, how do I say this? It's, I think hard sometimes for white folks that are in small towns to speak up because when you speak up, that upsets the neighbor that you've known and lived by your entire yeah. life. It yeah. upsets your church folks that you've been sitting in church for since you were little. Um, it upsets your whole town and everybody has known you since you were you know, little. So I think it's hard for sometimes white folks to, even though they wanna speak up, it, they're scared because they, um, you know, are going to lose friends. Obviously, I'm okay with losing friends over racism and social injustices and, and this and that um, and speaking up. But I think for, um, you know, some of them, it's hard. And I will say that um, within the last couple of years and in, in educating my parents, and I think also my brother opening his mind as well, that this is not the time to be silent anymore on, um, you know, racism and, and, and ignorance. Like if, at this point, if you're silent, you're, um, you're just adding to the racism um, and, the, and the issue that we have. You know, it's, it's not enough to be silent at this point. You have to speak up. You have to, um, and again, like you said, like they adopted a, uh, you know, a, a daughter, a girl from India, and yet she's been, she's been perceived as black her entire life, especially where, you know, she grew up. So at this point, you have to, you, you have to speak up. Like, if you're not speaking up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, so I, I, from what I know too, that is my brother is definitely is speaking up as well. Um, I, again, I think it's taken a lot of them a, a moment to kind of catch up with me. I was in my twenties doing this, like, you know, when I was like 19 and 20, I, I started to really start speaking up. Um, and that ruffled a a lot of feathers in my hometown and in my own family um and even my parents were like like you know I I, I don't know I think these people are going to be mad at us you said this you said that and like you and I'm like I don't I didn't care but to them it's does that make sense no it it's, totally makes am sense. I making sense yes it's totally making sense it's like uh, to be honest I was in I was in a situation recently and it was an inappropriate comment again you know in front of my children um and and I didn't say anything. And the reason I didn't say anything was one, here goes Sharon again. And I didn't want that. Um, I've also- Yes, I get that all the time. Yeah, here goes yeah. Trishna again. Yeah. yeah. And also um, I kind of have, there's been a, reputa um, a reputation that I have that because I do, I have spoken up before that I maybe have a chip on my shoulder. I have anger issues i'm an angry person You're too sensitive too sensitive and in that in that 
in that moment when something happened recently, um, I didn't say anything because you know what, Trishna, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. You know, I'm 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 tired of yeah, constantly having to fight and having you know, and and at that moment, you know, I have a six week year old um, second child now, and I'm I'm surviving two hours of sleep a night. You know, it's it's sort of my turn on the night shift tonight. Um, you know, sort of getting up at night, and I'm just absolutely exhausted having to keep fighting. And so in that moment, I, I just didn't. And it don't, you know, my my first reaction is to. Right. I'm just, I'm 38 now and I've been doing it for 38 years. And there is just some moments that, and it and it looked like that at that at that moment that, well, you was okay. You didn't say anything. I was like, because I'm just tired of keep saying something you know right and it starts something it starts drama and like you said then it's like Sharon's being too difficult she's too sensitive and 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 you're so loud about everything yeah and it and it would have been in front of my children as well so again that's that's another thing why I I didn't but actually that probably was half but the other half is just I'm absolutely exhausted as right to do it right um, and you know what Sharon I think at this point too um we're exhausted yeah and I made a point um uh, the other day on social media to say I don't have to do this anymore I don't have to be friends that uh you know that at this point be friends with people that don't get this it's 2021 you have had enough time to educate yourselves we shouldn't even have to educate you but you know, at this point in time, if you're not getting it, I'm, I don't have time for you. I, you don't deserve my energy. I don't care if you're friends with my parents. I don't care if, you know, you, you've been classmates with me. I don't care if you've known me since I was little. I am done. I am done with the ignorance. And, um, you know, it's interesting, uh, just some of the things you just said. Uh, you know, I recently had an issue with somebody that's friends with uh, my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, you know, it was the whole, you know, she kind of had her white fragility. She was very defensive and me calling her out on a comment that was horribly, uh, you know, racist and um, hurtful to black and people of color. And I nicely actually did it nicely, um, you know, commented and educated her on the comment that, that she made that how it was hurtful and not acceptable. And of course, you know, she got really defensive, upset. It became a huge snowball. Um, and then what she did was instead of saying sorry to me and just listening to what I had to say, which I was being very nice about it, actually, um, she went to my parents and um, this person apologize to my parents because to me and I talked to the I talked to my, my parents about this um you know I think that they value my parents more than they value me they value they can say whatever they want to me they can be you know as racist as they want to be when I educate them on it um instead of saying and apologizing to me for what they did they apologize to my parents because again they you know they value my parents more because they're white you know, that's, that's how I look at it, you that, know, no, 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 unfortunately, that's how you look at it because that's how it is, how it is. <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah. Why. Yep. They can, they can discredit you. They can, um, you know, say racist things. And, um, but yet at the end of the day, they, they don't value, uh, they don't value me at all. They value my parents, mm. but not me. Isn't that shocking? Isn't that absolutely shocking? Oh, it's shocking, but, but it's, it, it, it is, but it isn't. 
at this point, I think, you know, at this age, I'm just like, you know, I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm okay with just being like, I'm, I'm done. Like we are not putting up with this stuff anymore. We're done. I, 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 uh, um, I'm not friends with somebody now. Um, over, over a, a lot of things. Um, but one of them was, was because of some racism. Um, but that wasn't actually the tipping point actually, which is what bad, but that wasn't actually the tipping point when we, uh, and, uh, um, I said to my friend, I said, look, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I said I'm I'm totally okay. I'm just done. It's it's and you're exhausted. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. And like people keep saying, like, could is there is there any yeah. room? there is no room and it's totally fine. It's totally fine that you still see my friend, that you still talk to her, that you go out for dinners and lunches. Absolutely like I'm totally okay with that. And like, you know, my friend's like, yeah, we know you are. I was like, totally. I'm just done. It's good. I'm Let me ask you though: Does it bother you that some a lot some of that was racism, but yet your other friends that you're friends with are still okay with being friends with someone that does that? I'm um, not, I'm just it's, it's something that um, I've I've just got very used to. It's just something I've got very used to, and it's just something that, again, the because this is a weird thing to say because my friends have done so many right things that for those odd things that I don't agree with that doesn't outweigh all the right things that they've done and nobody and you know no one is perfect and I think I've got to remember that as well and also I'm I'm not sort of you know taking it away the the, the wrong things are done but people when you're brought up and I I honestly I've been brought up in a very white area when I was growing up there was probably four people of color and that was it in my whole school and I had a big I went to a big school in them when I was growing up and and you know that's what they were submerged in so you right I, I think as I'm going to talk about myself now as, as a woman of color I have to give room to that they don't agree with it you know they don't agree with racism they don't agree with you know the things that have happened in the past or in, or have have been done to me and things like that um but I I, I don't I'm so done with it. I don't even care that they that they will still speak to this person. You know, um, mm. it it doesn't make me feel any less of them. No, it, okay. doesn't, it doesn't make me feel any less of them. I know what you're saying though. Should it? Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just uh, curious yeah. if that upset you. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I that's a good that's a sort of a a good question. But no, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel make them any less of a friend to me. It's it's just yeah something because I um I'm friends with people that they don't like you know what I mean so right same thing same thing so yeah I think there's just a I've got to say I think there's just a good amount of respect there and courtesy mm-hmm. that we're all different people and you know we allow the people around us who we allow but respect the fact that others don't you know so that there's right. um, there's a few people that I wouldn't have in the same room. There is just no way I'd have them in the same room. I'm just respectful right. of both of them not getting on. So why put myself in a situation where it would be uncomfortable for me and uncomfortable for them as well? Right. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I so it. I want to talk about something really happy, which is about your career, your oh, modeling, yes. your singing, your dancing, and your acting as well, because you're kind of, 
starting to sort of feature in some main mainstream projects, aren't you? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I am a singer. I'm an actress. I'm a model. I do it all. Um, and uh, yeah, I've had the privilege and been blessed with a lot of great uh, opportunities, uh, whether that's singing um, for like 90,000 people for uh, football, um, NFL, NBA games, basketball, um, and as well as acting, which I've been, um, you know, had a lot of great opportunities being featured roles. Um, um, that's whether that's music videos, TV, movies, um, you know, I definitely want to do projects that put us uh, women, but uh, but dark skin women and South Asian and uh, South Asian Indian women in a good light. Um, you know, I think that uh, we can be just as sexy too and play the sexy, the sexy role as well, you know? So, um, you know, again, I think when you see a lot of Indians on TV, uh, you know, we kind of sometimes play the just the doctor or, you know, whatever Middle Eastern, you know, just like, I, I feel like they kind of always put Middle Easterns and us um, in like that terrorist kind of like, you know, um, characters and like we're so much more than that like we can be the hot bond girl as well and you know so I just think that you know I, I definitely want am doing my best to be um in projects that uh put us in a good light and um you know the uh the girls have someone to look up to absolutely absolutely yeah. and I, I I'm really happy advocate for that um so go, talking about the, the the sort of charges you had um being very discriminative against you and your color and your heritage as well and now being part of projects that you know are, are really putting women of color on screen you know and having as you said mm -hmm. as we've talked about representation do you believe that you're getting the part because of your skin color now rather than oh gosh yes. Your, yes I mean <laughs> yeah I think you know we now have a vice president that is South Asian Indian. Um, and I just think that that kind of really is really snowballed for companies and for commercials and um, TV shows, movies to add more diversity. Um, and yes, uh, you know, South Asian Indian is, is it's popping. Let me tell you, it's, it's, I'm busy. I just got had an audition yesterday. I have I'm on hold for two other things next week. Um, yeah, so I yes, I do think a lot of it has to do with my skin color um, and being South Asian Indian. And as much as that may not totally be the right way to go with it um, and the right way for companies and stuff like that, but it's finally giving me a platform and um, South Asians a you know a platform to be represented, you know, and that's much needed. Absolutely. Well. Trisha, thank you so much for coming on. Can you believe it? Thank you for really, having me. Yeah, thank I'm, you. And been I just like, <laughs> I just can't believe that just a viral post and speaking my mind got me to, you know, um, you know, I got us here where we're at right now. And um, I thank you again for having me and uh, to all the brown skin girls and boys out there, um, you know, keep shining, keep slaying, enjoy the sun and um, get some sun. And uh, yeah, just, just, you know, go for, I don't even know what I was about to say, but <laughs> you know what? I, think, I think you said it all. And I think it was just like, just keep following your dreams. You know, I think, yes, keep following your dreams and um, you know, just 
I'm going to do my best to, I don't represent, I, I get that I don't represent the Indian woman. I get that, um, you know, I have a totally different story. I'm just here to share my experience and hopefully it, um, you know, changes somebody else and inspires somebody else. I'm definitely sure that is what you're doing right now by going to and these- you too. You Thank too. You so much. Thank you. And Trishna, all the best for all your projects. I want to see you on screen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited. Um, and I'll keep you guys all updated. You guys can follow me on my Instagram at Trishna Music. And I'm always posting inspiring stuff and just like my upcoming projects. So um, yeah, just uh, and thank you so much for having me. Thank you.